I want you to succeed at things that you never thought were possible, and I want you to fail at things that you never thought were possible. But I just want you to take that failure and move forward. So this morning we're going to talk about the image of black men in our society. Black men are six times as likely as white men to be murder victims. They are two and a half times as likely to be unemployed. They finish last in practically every socioeconomic measure from infant mortality to life expectancy. And some think that black men are bound to seem almost an endangered species. It's interesting that many people perceive black men as less intelligent, less productive, more hostile than the rest of society. We thought it would be interesting to confront these stereotypes. We have with us this morning to share their insight three very interesting men. Ishmael, how do you feel? like subscribe all that good evening everybody welcome to the imperfect podcast i am your host l ray it's been a while but hey it is what it is um i don't even know when the last time it was but at this point it's like you get to a point where you want to get things off your mind i didn't even write this episode doesn't even matter to put some fucking words down and that is what it is because um my episode tonight is with my business partner ralph we've known each other forever our conversations are never regular conversations anyway and we don't talk as much as we used to, so I know all we have to do is turn on the lights and cameras and, you know, we're going to learn from each other, you're going to learn from us, and if you comment enough, we'll learn from you as well. Um, if you don't comment, then hey. But hey, go and share this anyway, go and subscribe, go and like the page, uh, because we're definitely going to talk about a good amount of stuff today and mess around and... Like I said, our regular conversations are informative to each other, so it's not going to be anything different for you guys um <clears throat> just going into this week the last few days and the reason why i don't be able to do this podcast because i'm working crazy hours probably about 50 hours a week just on being successful with um my food truck as well as even in the last two days when i'm on my day off i'm looking to put out new products and literally teaching myself how to bake bread so that i can put out stuff the way that i want it to look um I know this week I got to do a good old-fashioned Facebook clean-out. <laughs> I talked about it with Ralph earlier this week, and it's it's hilarious because, I mean, I, I, I'll start it off with the story. I had a regular post. Somebody came on my post out of nowhere talking about, uh, your fat ass don't run. Whenever it is... Larry Benji. Whenever, it, whenever, whenever anything hits my, 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 uh, my comments or anything like that, yeah. you have to understand that. All I do is I do a quick audit of what this person is to me, and then I actually go and look at a lot of other people that are on Facebook. Um, one of the biggest similarities between me and Ralph is that I don't have to know you to help you, and I don't have to like you to want you to succeed. I don't have to like you, but I'm not going to drag you down. I'm not going to watch. Uh, I don't even like it when other people will drag you down, no matter what it is. There's people out there right now that owe me $5,000 that I'm still not hoping that they fail because <laughs> I'll never get my $5,000 back if you fail. <laughs> um, people do, like, I'll go back and look at it and be like, yo, what, what is this? And this is, and this is the, the, it played out perfectly. 
Because I just immediately blocked this person. My wife was, when I got home, she's like, what the fuck, who is this person talking shit? I'm like, I don't even know. Blocked him immediately. He tries to message me back two days later from another page. I blocked that shit too. Then Ralph sends me a screenshot of him looking for me because he wants my help, which is fucking hilarious to me because I don't ever need your help. I'm never going to need your help. This is this person literally is a metaphor for every person that I delete off my fucking Facebook. I don't just delete people. I delete them and block them because I don't even want to remember the situation again. I looked at it as enough. It doesn't affect my life at all. But the actuality is that people want a piece of you whether they want to act like they do or not. And I'm willing to help you as a human. I'm willing to help you if you need help. I'm willing to support you if you're doing something great. I'm willing to tell you that you're doing something great. I'm not like these people that are out here sitting there just to watch the fucking show and not cheer and not help and not like and not support. I don't do that shit. That is not me. That is not Ralph. That's why our friendship has been going for as long as it goes. That's why we respect each other when we have conversations. Um, I mean, <laughs> with that being said, it's time to solve one of the hardest questions that I've ever heard of. And I made it up myself, so. Um, have you seen all the diehards? Well, I mean, unless they can. I, I, I stopped watching TV and movies when I had kids, so if it ain't on Disney or Blue's Clues or some weird shit. You've seen, shit, like, though. Die Hard with a Vengeance, though. With Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, yeah. You, you've seen the other one where it was, like, the fucking hacker fire sale shit. With the, you haven't seen that one? I think, I, think, I think that's the last one I saw. So, <clears throat> really wasn't as important as I said it was going to be. But what the fuck? Because I was watching Die Hard 1 the other day, and I'm like, what? So by Die Hard 4, like John McClane's wife, he, she's not even there. She, they're just divorced. And the daughter hates him too. And I'm like, yo, what yeah. did this guy do to get this type of treatment? Because he saved his wife's life in part one and in part two. I just feel like the character he plays the best is like a piece of shit. Because like in all of his movies, his daughter hates him. I'm like, yo, what do you have to be to... To be this misunderstood idiot that, you know, you saved the world, but everybody in your family hates you. Something's wrong. Yo, you're right. Last Boy Scout. <laughs> Forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just referencing, like, same character, except he doesn't, you know, kill a whole bunch of Russians. It just, I, I don't know. I, you, you know, they do get typecast in the stuff, and he does play that role well. He plays that, like, uh, unintended funny action hero, even though in real life he's, like, five foot four, 130 pounds. is that short? Yo, he's in mad short. Yeah, he looks oh, like Tom he's... Cruise. Uh, I know Tom Cruise is short, like, so I want to know like now. He's tiny. Yeah, I met him. He told me who he was. He was wearing a baseball hat. And I was like, no, you're not. And then I looked down and like, like bent over and looked at him. I was like, oh, you are. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> Felt like picking him up and shaking they him. Have him they little. have him listed as six feet. He must be lying about him. Maybe he was no, no. or some shit. Hell no. He might be 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, but I look at anybody under 5'10 in the short. He must have shrunk. John Travolta, 6'2"? He yeah, he's little. Too. Like, he's little, for sure. Damn, John Travolta came up out of nowhere. So I'm like... Like, try to find him next to a celebrity where you know their height, and you'll see he's, he's not... That's a good point. That's got to be like a pro player or something. But I'm like, he legit saved his, life, his wife's life in part one, and then goes again and saves his life. And then in part one, I'm like, she had straight moved to California, changed her fucking name, and acted like she didn't even have a husband. And then he shows up, and he's like, oh, you changed your name. Now I'm going to save your life. I'm like, what? Where does it end? Like, get out of this, get out of this shit. I don't understand why. Another thing about Die Hard One is that it has great representation of black people. There's no yeah. crazy stereotype in all the Die Hards. Like, 
So it was crazy to me when Samuel Jackson called him a racist because I look at part one and you got the Carl's Winslow dude that's just like a caring cop. You even got the, the limo driver, which is like a, a fun, happy-go-lucky black dude that's just a limo driver. You're not killing anybody. And then you got like a hacker nerd. Like nobody out there was no like random hood shit going on with those people. I'm like, yo, this is good. Like, what the fuck happened between now, then and now <laughs> as far as how they made people look? That was also made in, in L.A. and back in the real gang time, so they're probably afraid the Crips and Bloods would come for them. So <laughs> that shit was real back then. You didn't really piss off the the people around the city. <laughs> no, that's, that's fucking real. Another thing for everybody that's watching and listening, I still haven't fixed this echo in this room, and people always message me, and they're like, hey, you got an echo, man. I know a guy that has good sound quality on his podcast, and I'm like, hey, but do you know a guy that has the shit in his brain like I do? No, motherfucker, you don't. So take this echo and shut the fuck up. Thank you. <laughs> Next thing. So Chappelle, shut yeah, the we fuck might as well, up. Let's just hit all the popular shit and go from there. So Let's go. Have you seen Squid Game? Nah, I saw previews and I'm, I'm trying, again, the kids, uh, I'm pretty sure they can't watch Squid Game. So uh, right now it's Spider-Man. And uh, every other cartoon to do with Spider-Man. There is no kid on Earth that can watch fucking Squid Game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thinking about, like, a real-life version of it, though. Like, I know the way the game goes. If we could kidnap, like, I don't know, 30 people and offer them So, yo, I was thinking about this. Have you seen... You've seen, like, the games. Like, you, you have an idea of what they are, because obviously there's so many fucking memes now. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah. you're not understanding, like... They could take this doesn't even have to. So they're the they're one where they're like supposed to remove this fucking shape from candy. Mm-hmm. When motherfuckers crack it right next to them, they're just shooting them in the head. Like it's like boom, and somebody like so. I'm like, if you set this game up with a VR headset, mm-hmm. it would be just as stressful. Like it would be just as stressful if you put everybody in the room with it's a VR headset. You got people standing yeah. like so. I'm like, they're about to do a real life one in in North Korea. Uh, I, that shit might be for real for all I know but <laughs> they're saying they're going to do I think the red light green light one and then they're going to do the candy one as well and they're going to see basically how that um, plays out but I'm like the pressure of just that one alone you watch it and you're like this shit would be crazy if they did this like without even killing people your your, your fucking blood pressure would go up have you ever heard of how they how the capital punishment works in North Korea like how they actually kill the person no. Oh, my God. Look this up, because I had to look it up ten times to make sure it was real. But they tie this dude up, and they fire rockets at him and blow him up. Out of here. That ass. They fire <laughs> rockets at him and blow him up to pieces. And then they fire more rockets to blow that up. Like, they're just... <laughs> like, missiles. Not even, like, like, not even like RPGs. Like, like rockets. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, and it, I mean, at a point, you're like, if I'm going to die and they want to shoot rockets at me, I feel better about that than if they, like, torture me. At least a rocket, you're done. I mean, like, right away, it's it's over. So I guess it's just that magnificent looking that everybody else is, like, scared. But a person dying, you're like, all right, cool, rocket. Nice, that could have been worse. Yo, that's funny. I'm looking at it right now. I'm just looking at the reasons why they kill somebody. Like, I just seen somebody in Malaysia is about to get sentenced to death for possession of meth. Oh, don't go there. No, no, that's better than that. Is This is one of my favorite stories of the last 20 years. The, uh, the president of the Philippines, I know comedians have touched on this dude a lot. Um, 
But the president of the Philippines literally is the most gangster person that's ever walked the earth. More than Putin? He's, yeah, he's worse than Putin. <laughs> this dude's like, this Putin's like a real gangster. Putin's like an organized crime, overboss type. He'll get dirty, but this dude in the Philippines literally has two dudes on a motorcycle that will drive up on you and shoot you if you have drugs on you, kill you in the street. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Look it up. Is that, again, another one I had to look up 10 times and I watched a documentary on it and I was like, awesome. oh my God. It's like, think about that though. Nobody's selling drugs. Nobody. I mean, look how much money you saved. Yeah. You know how we have Meth Mile in Boston? That shit, everybody dead. Motorcycles, machine guns. That's it. Everybody so I wasn't even going to talk about this today, but I just put it as a bullet point since you headed in that direction. How much money are you missing out on though? <laughs> like... To be real about yeah, it. Well, I mean, but they, so I'm sure they, they make money other ways, but I'm sure also every country in the world isn't motivated by the industrial prison system. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure other people have products they sell and economies that work off of what you have to offer other countries. We forfeited all that a long time ago. When we started going in the Middle East instead of Africa, we started, you know, throwing all of our, our hats in the oil bucket and, and relying on something that's eventually going to be extinct. Then. We don't have a national product anymore, so we have to create revenue with prison and shit. And I'm like, like, I wasn't even talking about that because I was, when people were like, oh, I remember Chris Rock saying, there's no, there's no money in the cure, the money's in the medicine. So, like, I was watching, I think it was the, the Miami Cocaine Cowboys, and they were talking about how, like, $75 billion in, in illegal narcotics comes to, into the country. And I'm like, you really think the government's just like, yeah, man, just take that all and throw it in the ocean and throw it away? I'm like, no, we can't. You literally can't even store. What? I don't even know. Do you know what happens to like an amount of drugs that they store for so long somewhere? What do they just fucking incinerate it? No, they they destroy drugs. So so how that works is you, you have several uses for for anything you confiscate. You can use it on another another case, like use the drugs to go try to catch someone else, or you do destroy them. There's, there's actually billions of dollars worth of drugs destroyed every year. Now with the fentanyl thing, that's probably the most destroyed thing ever because it's just synthetic and they just keep making it. So you see a fentanyl bus, they're like, oh, they got $600 trillion worth of fentanyl, not realizing that it's infinite. You know, it doesn't matter. They're just going to destroy it and they're going to make $600 trillion more tomorrow. So uh, back when, you know, heroin was actually, and coke was actually difficult to get, but pre-1985, uh, that, you know, you're looking at 50K a kilo versus, I mean, now with fentanyl, you could get the whole city high for a thousand dollars you know so it's like the whole game has changed with technology and now you're looking at a problem pretty soon that it's it's uncontrollable now but pretty soon it'll be just legalize everything like you said before i never I said agree that on what you're talking about yeah you <laughs> so it, it, it's funny because my pushback at the time if you remember i was conflicted i was like and I'm thinking in my head, like, if you legalize everything, what would that really look like? And, you know, you see it in Portugal and, and, and parts of Europe where it's been done and done correctly because it's not, they're not having problems like we are or anybody else's. Uh, and the people who are, there's much less addiction, which is crazy. I, I guess if you if you take the, the criminal aspect out of it and have to sneak around and, and you get to do it the right way, I, I guess it does become more of a recreational thing. But the one I, I could immediately identify with is recreational cocaine. Mm-hmm. That, by all intents and purposes, should be recreational. It's not even as bad as alcohol. I mean, people take a form of cocaine all the time in, in either these caffeine accelerants or, or you know Adderall or anything else. And at a point, you just have to say, 
if they were doing it in the 80s and no one was dying from it pre-crack, like, what are we doing then? Why is it such a big deal? And what it comes down to is, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a country founded on some, some morality that's kind of a little bit outdated. Yeah, we got that, we, even though cocaine was in Coca-Cola. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's yep. like, you have, like, cocaine, when you, obviously in Florida, you look at it and people are just like, yeah, man, I'm going out after this. And I'm like, we get out at 3 a.m. How the fuck are you doing that? That's like the situation as yeah, to where it is. But obviously, it goes back to pharmaceuticals as well because we look at Adderall, but it's also Ritalin, it's also Concerta, it's also in a number of other products. But because they're not calling it that, it's not considered that anymore. And I would only imagine that it's a way to just prevent other countries from becoming superpowers because we cannot manage growing it. It's like you said about fentanyl. Fentanyl is like creating fucking cubic zirconias. They can just make them forever. It doesn't matter. You yeah. don't have to have a crop come in. You don't have to. It has to, doesn't have to be grown a certain way, or be a certain level of purity. It's just like here it is. Boom! There it is again. Fentanyl. Everybody have a fucking fun time. And yep. at that point, like I said, the, and the method in which I said it is the way that they set up Planned Parenthood. The way that people look at Planned Parenthood, it's like people just go there to kill babies, not realizing that the whole other part of it is people learn how to parent each other. People get condoms for free. People learn about all types of shit that you don't have to go to the other side. So if you were to set up facilities like that, there would, there still could be, I mean, you could literally learn lessons from how to parent better, how to manage stress better without having to go and use drugs at the level that you're going to use them. Um, and how to be knowing that you're doing drugs, the, the, the actual drugs, because obviously everything now is like, oh, he thought it was heroin, but it's fentanyl. Or, oh, he did fentanyl, but he didn't know how strong it was. And motherfuckers are just dying. It's like every OD that we hear about now, uh, whether it be a star or other, is fentanyl. Right. And, and, and so that might actually be the accelerant that gets it legalized, because what you're seeing now is a lot of uh, regular traditional drugs, traditional narcotics are being laced with fentanyl. Even if they have the opposite effect, like like Michael K. Williams, was that was laced with fentanyl. A lot of the comedians that just had that big overdose in Hollywood, fentanyl. And this is stuff like you don't need fentanyl and cocaine. It's like kind of an opposite. Ver- like it's it's not going to work together, but it gives you a, a high feeling regardless, and you feel like wow, that's the best cocaine we did. So with that, you're probably going to see a bigger push to legalize it or at least decriminalize it. And, you know, the regular, the usual suspects, it's already legal in the Northwest. They, they legalized everything a while ago, and no one's, I mean, the place is a mess anyway, but it's not any more of a mess than it was, you know. And then if you look at a city like L.A., where I would say 90% of the celebrities are at least around Coke, uh, who cares? Like they're, they're not going to change their lifestyle regardless. So it'll just, I mean, it's not like Coke's going to become legal tomorrow and your average Joe it's going to be like, hey, Susan, let's go do some coke tonight. It's not like it's it's kind of a silly concept. You're, you're, it's going to be the people who are already doing it are not going to get arrested for it. And they're going to, it's going to be a lot less anxiety. Plus, like everything else, since we don't have that national product, you know, I'm sure the pharmaceutical companies are chomping at the bit for legalized cocaine. You know, so I know it sounds wacky to some people and a lot of the people don't know shit about drugs. They, they're going to freak out. But, you know, trust me. Shit ain't that bad. Yeah, like, when you, when you see, like, uh, someone said a long time, I never had a weed head attack me. I never had a coke head attack me either. Someone on crack or someone smoking coke, yeah, sure. But not not like a fucking, I snort coke. I do two lines at parties to, to you know, 
to meet babes like that type of dude. Like, nah, he's not going to attack you. He's, he might be a little, you know, crazy and, and loopy, but it, it ain't like that. Obviously, crack was the thing that, that demonized it even further, and we all know how, how that happened. So, It's funny, like, and, and when you were talking before, I lost complete train of thought of what you said. But I said to somebody, and I mean, we've had this conversation before, that the most dangerous drug in the world is Xanax, and the second most dangerous drug in the world is alcohol. Somebody yeah. was having a conversation with me, and they were like, nah, not more dangerous than heroin. I'm like, the stigma of heroin comes from movies. Like, I get it. You're in the back alley. You see the needle. The needle was like, fucking holy shit. It's the same thing as anything. Like, when a needle comes in, shit gets serious. You're like, yo. But in actuality, Xanax and alcohol are the only things that you can quit cold turkey and die from anaphylactic shock. That does not happen from heroin. So those are the things where you have to be weaned down off them. And quite frankly, that, so when I was talking to the guy, I showed him a graph and he goes, you made that. And I was like, you think I have the fucking time to make a graph in five minutes for an argument with you, motherfucker? I don't have that. I made it on Google. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, go research it for yourself. Like, this isn't even, it, it, it goes from, to the point, I, I mean, I thought of this shit earlier and, you know, people want to win arguments with, with, with dumb people, but in actuality, like. I win arguments with doctors and I lose arguments to, with, to fucking homeless people. And that's perfectly fine because that's how you're supposed to be. So, mm -hmm. and, and luckily we have a fucking maniac doctor that's open to having discussions that normal doctors are so close minded. Don't want to listen to you. Don't want to listen to your opinion and don't want to listen to how it is. It's just like, yo, all I have is an opinion. Can we fucking have a conversation about it? And then we see how it goes from there. I didn't even expect to talk about drugs today, but it's wonderful. It always ends up with drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny. I was talking to a cop the other day down here, and he's been on the job. He's about to retire. Uh, and he, he said the term that always makes me laugh. He called it, has, you know, the dopers. And I'm like, what the? What's a doper? <laughs> you know, they have dreadlocks. They sell marijuana. And I'm like, oh. Okay. Mm, okay. So marijuana still dope? Yeah. It's, it's bad? Yeah. Well, you know, it's a gateway drug. And I laugh for about 10 minutes. I'm like, bro, you can't still believe it's a gateway drug. Yeah. He's like, yeah, no, no, they they smoke the weed, and then next thing you know, they're shooting heroin. I'm like, no. Yeah, that's it. No. Boom, boom. And, and, it, and it's hard, because I had to explain to him, like, and he's a logical guy, so he heard me out, and I said, let me ask you a question. What's more logical? 12-year-old kid taking pills in their parents' cabinet, getting high, getting hooked, and then going to the needle, or someone smoking marijuana, getting a little funny, and thinking, oh, let me jab that needle in my arm. I need to get more high than this. So I've never, I just realized I never ran this down on the show, but I run it down to people all the time. Unless you're Mike Tyson and you're doing acid at nine, allegedly. Um, it works as simple as this. You can say marijuana is a gateway drug, but when people say you're going to the emergency room at the hospital, ow, I hurt my back. I'm going to the emergency room. I'm not seeing a doctor. What happens is they go, all right, well, let's get you an x-ray because that's $600. Boom, right off the bat. So that's taken care of. We know you don't have a fracture, even though we know you have a big-ass bill now. After that, they're going to say, here, here's some ibuprofen 800s or 600s for the swelling. And here, for the pain, if you need it, is a fucking muscle relaxer, Percocet or Vicodin. So the Percocet or Vicodin bottle, when you get it, will say, take one to two pills every four to six hours as you see fit. Now, mm -hmm. I've taken Vicodin, I've taken Percocet, and by the way, uh, for any male over 35, 
Mixing pain pills with alcohol is the number two killer of men only behind heart disease. Because right. when it comes to drugs and people think you overdose with two drugs that go different ways and it's always two drugs that go the same way. So right. what happens is you forget that you took the pills and you literally drowned on your lungs in your sleep. Mm -hmm. So back to the story. You get home and you're like, okay, I'm going to listen to doctors because everybody trusts doctors, right? Because they're doctors. So you take that first pill, but of course, if you're an arrogant fucking asshole, you're going to take two the first time. Now, if you take two again within the first four to six hours, you are fucking done. That day is over. Like, your day, the day's over. So then the next day, depending on how that felt for you, you're going to go, oh yeah, I feel like I'm in more pain again. By the time you get to the end of the bottle, you are already addicted to opiates. And then what happens is you go back to the hospital and you're like, hey, I think I'm still in pain. And the doctor's like, no the fuck you're not because the government is cracking down on this shit. So I can't give you another prescription. So the first thing is I'm going to go to the street to try to find <clears throat> pills to kill the pain again. And then if you don't find them or somebody's giving you pills that are fucking laced with fentanyl, you can die that fucking quick. That's how quick that shit can be just from you trusting everything that comes out of somebody's mouth because of the way that the system is set up when in actuality you can go into the emergency room get treated and get a prescription and you never even fucking saw a doctor alright so you know there's also the uh, old fashioned way of just you know you're you're a misguided person out partying with people and, you know you're real impressionable and someone says hey try this and it doesn't take much you know like I I was blessed to grow up around addiction and never get a addicted to anything because I just saw the negative immediately. It was just like, yeah, I don't ever want to be that. So, uh, yeah. you know, when you see someone, you know, nodding off on the steps of a building in Grove Hall, or when you see, like, you know, the the thing, lengths of things people do to get drugs, and it just, as a kid, you're like, nah, never, never that, ever. So, a lot of kids from my generation grew up knowing that that wasn't the way, and that's part of what's changed the culture a little bit. The other piece was, and you know, you had the war on drugs and the stupid Reagan campaign, about, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, we were put so far behind by the people leading the country back then. It was just stupid. And, you know, eventually technology catches up and now you have something like fentanyl, which, I mean, it, it's so destructive because it, it's way stronger than anything we've ever had. It's easy to get. And... The it's just kind of it comes it, like once, it, once it the country. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know it's stupid, and then you know Xanax has become the go-to for people. Like all the young dudes, like yeah, I got Xanax, Xanax bars, and all this shit. I'm like, yo, what type of idiot are you? Like, we have to get back to making that shit stupid again. And like when I was growing up, you know, everybody played sports. If anybody did drugs, it was like, yo, what are you doing, dummy? Like, you smoke weed, whatever. Your kids smoke weed or or drink a beer here or, or, or alcohol, but. It was never like, I'm going to take pills. That wasn't a cool thing when I was a kid. Only the kids that were like the biggest losers in my school did that shit. And, you know, and, and, and the people that were with me, you know, we all didn't fuck around with them at all. Like, that's how it was. And, and, and you know, look, 20, 20, 30 years later, they're where they are, they are, and we're where we are. And, it, and it's a it's an if then. There's no coming back from it. So, you know, when I look at my kids, obviously, I'm a, a father of two, and I'm trying to make sure that they're not going to go through some of this stuff and you know you, you teach them right you teach them all, all that stuff but you know you try to teach them not to be impressionable you try to teach them to be 
confident in themselves and then be their own person because ultimately that's what's going to save them. You're not going to be there in that crisis moment. And all that teaching that you did is going to have to be making them strong enough to say, no, get the fuck away from me with that. You know, and that's it's crazy because we do need a shift of, of mentality as far as telling people that marijuana, you know, I get it. You don't want your kids smoking marijuana, but at the same time, the more you vilify it, the more they're probably going to try it. So tell them what it is. You know, it is a plant. And you do dry it out and smoke it and you get high. But it's also a medicine. I mean, yeah. so like, at this point, like, obviously my wife wrote a book for kids to introduce yep. it in a way that um, gives people a different Shout out Debo. <laughs> gives people a different perspective on kind of what it is at, at this point. And um, with that being said, and I was telling, I mean, we're looking at, a generation you, you know what I, I always hated about older generations that like spoke of my generation is the when they spoke of stuff it was just so like matter of fact that there wasn't an explanation as to why why they feel this way about these people all oh, these kids are just they're not motivated or they're not this or they're not that so when i when i look at the kids now i don't want to just make a blanket statement that hits everybody because there's people that I see that are so fucking motivated and so driven. And there's people that I see on the other side that have created this doom and gloom for themselves without seeing doom and gloom. Like I've seen kids that I talk to that are depressed, that are not in, you know, a good mind space. And I'm like, you're, you haven't had anybody die in your life yet. You don't have kids yet. You don't pay car insurance yet. Like, and you're already like this, so I know that when the first thing comes up, you're really going to be fucking in trouble because you're not able to handle some of the smallest things, and I don't expect everybody to be able to handle everything that I can handle. But, like, you got to prepare yourself for some of this other shit that's here. And um, the way that, which obviously this is a big part of kind of what I want to discuss in this episode uh, anyways, the way that social media is starting to crack shit down and words mm -hmm. down without even understanding who we are, what we talk about, or why we talk about the things that we talk about. It's it's a fucking problem. And I know we had this conversation before, um, and I said it's a fucking monopoly, and it needs to be broken up. I don't know if you've since changed your opinion from <laughs> being banned 17 times. <laughs> habitual offender. It's funny because I, I get banned for the dumbest shit. It's frustrating, but it, it can't. You can't help but to laugh at it. Like they banned me one time for it was something stupid. It wasn't anything threatening. Anything. It was just they literally got it wrong. And I was like, Yo, what? Why? Why would I be banned for this? And I felt helpless. <laughs> what? What happened to me? I felt like I got arrested when someone thought I was somebody else. Like it's like, no, it's the worst thing in the world. So I'm like. In my mind, I'm like, this isn't fair. And then I had to laugh at myself, like, just don't use social media. Then get off for a while. Go do something else. And that's always what I'll come back to. Ultimately, it's their product. Someone else needs to create a competing product. And I know it, it's going to be difficult. I know many have tried. Unfortunately, some of them have tried with the wrong intentions, like parlor and shit like that. But I think there does need to be some control. I don't think you can be, let it just be, you know, the Wild West, uh, like 4chan, 8chan, all that shit. Uh, but... We're at a weird time where, where maybe we don't deserve that level of communication. Uh, we, we're just we're self-destructing with social media. It's it's the catalyst of the apocalypse, in my opinion. We're just seeing too much 
I always said the biggest problem with social media is it lets dumb people share their opinion. Like, you could always just not listen to your dumb friend before you just go, like, oh, shut, shut the fuck away from me. Like, and just not even pay attention to him. Now you see it there and you read it and you're just like, oh, God. And then people share it and you're like, oh, no. Like, it's just some people. It's going to sound arrogant. You know, oh, you shouldn't decide who gets to share them. Yes, I should. If you're stupid, you're stupid. If you say dumb stuff that's destructive, you don't deserve to share your opinion. And I can fight, so it's whatever. Like, I just don't like the idea that, you know, freedom of speech is great, but it still has consequences. You say the wrong thing, you get punched in the mouth. You get beat up. You might get killed over the wrong words. Not online, though, you're safe in your little space with your little keyboard. So that is frustrating because you have some people that will just throw shit against the wall and see if it sticks. My favorite thing is, oh, I'm a troll, and you're proud of that. Probably the worst person in the world. Like my name, so, anybody who identifies himself as a social a, a social media troll, I don't even. I'm not even friends with them in real life. I just cut them out of my life because that's just the dumbest, weirdest <laughs> shit in my. Like I can't do that. No, I can't. Come on, man. Like it's just. Uh, who are you? <laughs> that would never. Like back in the day, if you had some sideways shit to say to somebody, you said it to the face, you fought or not, whatever. But at least there was communication, and you either got to the end of it or you didn't. But social media is literally just throwing a grenade and running away, you know? And it's, it is it is the catalyst. Like, we just watched a whole four years of nonsense over people sharing their opinions on social media. Fake news, that's the best thing in the world. Imagine if you could lie back in the 80s and, and share it to everybody and no one could fact check it fast enough so a lot of people believed it. But I think that, that's, what, that, that's what's happening with the government now. They're, they're just used to yeah. all the shit they used to say before and get away with. And now it's like immediately, like, I love that Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders video. I don't know where government, Senator Sanders was when I was trying to get health care passed back. And they go to the video and he's fucking standing behind her. Like, that's the most ridiculous shit. And everything you just said, it was like, a, it was like walking into my next question. It was fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is, is like, I think the dumbest thing I ever got kicked off Facebook for was me commenting on an actual football video and being like, oh, if I was there, I would have killed dudes. And they were like, yeah, you're done. That's so I'm so like, who is, and, and Tulsi Gabbard was talking about it on, on Rogan's podcast. It's very, very, yeah. you have to be very careful with this because who the fuck is judging something they don't know about? Um, do you think it's important to argue? I do. Yeah, I mean, discourse is great. Uh, you, you need to, I, I, I like the term debate more than argue, but most debates turn into arguments if you get the right two people. So uh, being passionate about what you believe is powerful. That's how we got where we are today. If that didn't happen, you know, people would still be in chains. So, so you, you really have to have that, that debate that turns into arguments sometimes. But at the same time, I don't ever debate somebody that's not on my level. And by my, my level, I don't mean I'm better than them. I just mean they're not in the same boundaries that I'm in because it gets stupid there, right? If, if they don't have the same boundaries I have and they're willing to go outside my boundaries, I'm going to be uncomfortable with that and probably it's going to end up badly. So I try to keep it pretty short unless it's someone I know that has similar boundaries to me. Now, I'm not saying I won't reach out once in a while and just make a comment, but I'll quickly disconnect and be like, oh, you know what? That was a mistake. You know, this, this person, I don't know him like that. I really don't want to get to know him like that. They're not my type of person. I'm just going to, I'm just going to disconnect from this. But it is important to have those conversations. Like right now, if you see the, the hot topic is, is the coronavirus and vaccines and mandates and everything, right? 
And you see people from the whole spectrum. I know some people that believe in being vaccinated, uh, don't believe it should be mandatory. Um, I know some people believe that none of it should be mandatory and we should be doing nothing about it. I know some people believe we should be doing way too much. And I love all three of those people most times. Like, they're all people I care about. So it's, I try not to even get involved in those, those conversations unless they say something that I know isn't factual. Like, you know, the virus causes baby staph cancer. And I'm like, stop, man. Oh, or the vaccination. I'm like, no, just stop. That's not, that's too far. You know, like, there's just certain ways people take things. And the other piece is, you know, with the whole dumb people sharing opinions thing, gullible people looking at things online is scary too. Old people? So, so old so, people so, hold the information and it's written down in a way that they believe it. It's really so bad. I'll go, I'll go one better with that because once again, perfect. <laughs> it's as simple as this when people say nothing that they see online impacts them. Oh, yeah, I don't even have a TV. So, the people that think they don't have a TV think that the computer doesn't impact them, that they don't see things, that you don't walk through the supermarket line and see the 20 magazines there of what the best fucking nose structure looks like and what the hairstyle mm-hmm. is of this week and that your kids don't see it and wonder what it is when it's at the register. But it's as simple as something like this. And I'll ask you, where's the best TV show ever? The Wire to me. Okay. So it's The Wire to me as well. But here's the fucking problem. A friend of mine once said, and I saw you post this the other day, the fucking equalizer goddamn Queen Latifah. He said, these fucking shows would never even have a chance if they didn't have the NFL to promote them. If they didn't have these major sports things to promote them. So, like, you know how the NFL would just walk you into 60 Minutes sometimes? And they'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. I guess I'm watching it now. So, something as simple as this statement right here. The Wire at its peak of the entire show had an average of 4 million people watching it. And Lost, mm-hmm. at its weakest, had an average of 11 million. So the importance of arguing is so you don't let these stupid fucking 7 million people believe that Lost is the best show ever. Because it's fucking crazy. So you have 7 million old people that are sitting at home because it's on broadcast TV and it's fucking free. So there are 7 million more people. That's fucking almost more people that's in Massachusetts. Like, what are you talking about? So now you look at them and it's like, Seven million people haven't even seen The Wire, and you're telling me it's the best show ever, but there's only one thing they know. Hey, I always wonder why the fuck NCIS is on for so long. Because people just put that shit on because it comes on before Jeopardy. Like, that... <laughs> there's also, there's also the, the fact that, culturally, there's a percentage of that seven million, which is a high percentage, that probably still wouldn't like The Wire if they saw it. Uh, they just wouldn't understand it, and it wouldn't be, you know, it's not for everybody. I, I, I believe that... The reason we like it is because we're so connected to it, we understand it. Um, the acting is impeccable, but at the same time, you know, I know people who love Friends and Seinfeld, and there's people watching this right now that probably loves Friends and Seinfeld and might get offended by this. I don't care. It's, it's the dumbest, goofiest. Like, there's little things I've laughed at at Seinfeld here and there, but overall, I think it's dog shit. I think it's horrible. I've never liked it. And people who like it make me nervous. <laughs> It's just, I've never liked him as a comedian. I think he's terrible. I think every person on that show, including Kramer, is terrible. But I like Larry David's writing sometimes. You know what I mean? So, so like, I I can't identify with, with someone who laughs at Seinfeld and can't laugh at, like, a Chappelle or Patrice O'Neill, you know? 
Like, I just, I, and that's why I wouldn't like NCIS or Lost or that. Like, I just can't. That doesn't entertain me. So at a point, it is just preference. But yes, you, you have certain things that are on different mental levels. Like if you look at Breaking Bad and the character development and that, and the plot twist and everything, that's takes a pretty with it person to get that. You know, some of the stuff to understand Gus or people like that. Like so, you do have some people that just want simple shit, and that's funny to them, and that's cool. Like that's that that's exactly why, you know, art is art and you can pick the art you like and, and it is very much art the you know c- cinematic and television production but some of this shit's just stupid like, and, and, I, and i do judge people by that i shouldn't but if someone tells me they like friends I'm like, but right, see, even, like, like, some, some of the shit that is like really really <laughs> successful you can watch it now like i was talking to somebody earlier and, and i don't care for martin at all and like a lot of people like a lot of fucking hood people oh martin's the funniest shit ever and i'm like no, once you grow up in your mind and you go back and watch it again, it's really not funny. Mm-hmm. So on the other side of it, this... Oh, hold up. Since you said that, hold up. You ever watch Friends without the laugh tracks? No. I don't watch Friends. Uh, I don't watch two, either of those two shows. You watch Friends without the laugh tracks. It's way funny. Like, it is actually funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> they do it without the laugh tracks. It's so bad, it's hilarious. Like, <laughs> I said, they should just do that. <laughs> The, see, Dom, I'm not going to watch Prison Break. I'm just going to watch a real documentary about a prison break. That's what I'm going to watch. Because that's more intriguing to me. Because, no, half that shit they do on that show you can't do in real life. So, like, you can't kill 100 fucking people in a town that has 200 people, like Sons of Anarchy. Sorry. <laughs> I hate shows that don't get to the point. Like, if a dude's breaking out of prison for four years, just get it over with, man. Do your time. Like, I, I just don't like shows like that. Like, yeah. unless you're breaking out of prison every day and it's someone else breaking out of prison. I'm it's not like a visual book. Get to the fucking right. point. Show me a picture book. Dr. Seuss this shit. Quick, please. So. Yo, Martin Lawrence as a comedian is hilarious. Martin Lawrence is, as a stand-up comedian is yes. hilarious, but the show is The show is hilarious. absolutely terrible if you're a fucking adult. And stereotypical as fuck, like. Yo, so the problem is, is that I don't think people realize how much better like a show like the Wayne's Brothers is because the Wayne's Brothers show is so much different. The episodes are different. They're not. If you start watching, go watch five different sitcoms right now. Compare all five sitcoms. It doesn't matter if it's Friends or fucking Living Single or Martin, and they all have the same type of episodes. Oh, this is the ticket scalper episode where we all try to sell tickets and then we get arrested. Every show, fucking Married Children has that episode. Family Matters has that episode. So it's the same writers and the same shit. And it's only really the the Waynes brothers that completely, you didn't know what was going to happen. Or like Curb Your Enthusiasm. You don't know what's going to happen. Because that's what the show, or Always Sunny. Those shows are, are yes, exactly. Like anything goes. So like another thing is earlier this week, I saw somebody literally say that Dave Chappelle is not that funny. And to me, it was like, you're not old enough yet in your mind to even grasp how funny he is. Because I know people say like Eddie Murphy is the GOAT of stand-up comedy. He's really not, though. As an adult, if you go back and look at it, Eddie Murphy is what Kevin Hart is now. He's slapstick, he's funny, and his movies are funny. But when it comes to life, you're talking about somebody like Richard Pryor who is the GOAT of pain and people. Dave Chappelle is the GOAT of social issues and people. Paul Mooney is the GOAT of racism. Patrice O'Neill is the GOAT of explaining women's thoughts in relationships. You know what I'm saying? And Paul Mooney wrote for Richard Pryor. 
but there's nothing that I can attach Eddie Murphy to. Like it was just slapstick. It wasn't his real life. It wasn't you. What you hold on, hold on though, because because Eddie Murphy, people who generally say Eddie Murphy's the goat, also a huge Mike Tyson fans and Michael Jordan fans, right? It's that '90s pop culture where like everything was Eddie Murphy was the transition from Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor was doing it, and it was raw, and it wasn't very popular, though. Eddie Murphy took it mainstream and, and said, fuck on TV, you know, like, people heard raw black comedy for the first time. Plus, Eddie had great crossover appeal. He's, a, he's charismatic. I watch Eddie Murphy handsome. movies all the so time. Like, everybody loved Eddie Murphy. He's an entertainer. But when you talk about getting up in a comedy show, not not a, a one hour two hour special, but an actual on stage at a small comedy club tearing it apart. It's not an Eddie Murphy thing. He's a production guy, right? So Richard Pryor could do that in small audiences at a party, whatever. And I'm saying I'm gonna say Eddie Murphy wasn't funny. He's hilarious, but raw and those those uh, delirious and all that, like with the leather outfits, like that's production. That's that's that flash. That's why people think Mike Tyson was a great boxer, even though the few times he fought great boxers, they destroyed him, right? Oh, he went to prison. That should make you tougher, right? But there's this idea that somehow Mike Tyson can box. And you'll see people, because of, of you'll always see the same person come up and defend that. They were like 13 when he fought. And they were like, oh, look at him. He's got no socks on. He's wearing black trunks. That's how I dress every day. Yeah, it was, <laughs> like, it was everything. Oh, it's everything that we remember about like, all you know, those people. Goofy dude. Like, it, it, and that's why he's you know put on that level. It's like an icon thing. But in real life, he can't box. He's a brawler. And, and I'm, I'm a Tyson fan. Like, he's probably one of my favorite people to listen to now, right? But at the time, I remember watching him going, I'm going to watch this, but it's not boxing. It's like the beginnings of MMA. He's just going to go in there, beat some dude up. I'm going to laugh, and it'll be over in 90 seconds. But it's not like watching a real boxer, you know? And that's the new Wilder thing. Like, everybody's like, oh, Wilder's going to beat Fury the fifth time. No, he's not, because he can't box. You know, and, and it's the and, same and, thing. And like, at the end of it, get this idea in the, the biggest thing about Wilder is that there's no way he will because when you see him at the end of the fight, he doesn't even think he should have lost. Your ego will not let you even improve. That's fucking insane to me. You just got the shit beat out of you. You won't shake the man's hand. You're acting like you didn't do something special, and you're acting like you don't need to change anything. All you got to do is show up and be wild again, and you're a win. It's the same thing as, like, me playing semi-pro for years with the most fucking talented team there was. We, I would say, yo, this is who we need to focus on when we're going to this game with a full scouting report. And, you know, the super fucking players that we have on our team would say, we don't need to focus on anybody. We just need to focus on what we do right. Wrong. Wrong. Right. You need to change something about what you're doing because you're not leaving winning. So if you're not leaving winning... You need to lower your fucking ego, Wilder, and change something about what you do. Find another trainer. Find a different way to box. Shit, even Rocky had to do that. Wake the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, Wilder doesn't have to do any of that stuff because he's as good as he's going to get. He, he started way too late. Like, all the dudes I know that are pro boxers started when they're like 10 years old. And, and they went through Golden Gloves and all that stuff. And they learned the fundamentals of boxing. They learned it at a time when you're ready to learn it. You can't learn how to box as a grown man. It's, so, it's such a... A nuanced thing, and it's so so disciplined. There's just so many things. It, it you cannot take a grown up and teach him the craft like that. It's it's too much, and they won't listen. And the ego will kick in, and because they're already a grown man, so he'll never be great. But what he is is he's a physical specimen, and he looks like he can whip everybody's ass. So they'll keep throwing him out there, and he'll keep making money. But he needs to just resign himself to that because the fact that this 
Gypsy dude just keeps smashing them, and it's like, and, and, and people still pay for it. It's crazy. I mean, the thing is, he, I mean, he, at it's a point, obviously the, the, they're playing up the, the back end racism of it, but he he might win. He, he can't even do that he, with, with, with uh, Fury though, because he's not even white. He's a gypsy. Like yeah, in, but, in Ireland, they don't even consider those people. Like they, they're like the dirtiest people on earth in Ireland. Like they don't even consider them one of them. So it's what it is. Like to me, it's it's minority versus minority, but. He's he's entertaining because one thing about Fury is you listen to him talk, he's fun to listen to. Like he's a very bright person. His story is amazing, right? He was literally again another street dude homeless like Con- Conor McGregor, um, and now he's making money and and it's great. But you know he's got addiction problems as well. I know this last fight it took him a while to get back into it, and he he any other boxer in the world that was capable probably would have hurt him that fight because he was he was sloppy, but. Wilder's not that guy, and, and and the fact that people keep jumping behind him though is the same thing. They just they like the popular thing, and no matter how good or bad it is, they just like the popular thing, and that's that's the it. The thing is, is, what I mean, and people do this shit a lot. Like your your assessment of Fury is based on your research, your research in Fury. You've watched his documentaries. You know a lot about him. People don't know that shit. Mm-hmm. They just look at it and go, "Look at this out of shape white dude. He's gonna get his ass beat." And that's just not the truth. They don't understand why it's happening and, and, and why it's not. Um, and just to get back on... Look, remember, when it, remember when Ruiz beat Anthony Joshua? Yeah, he beat the shit out of him. Yo, so in my mind, it's funny because right before the fight, I'm, I'm watching Anthony Joshua train and everything, and he did fight when he was a kid. Like, he's, he grew up in the craft. And I'm watching Ruiz, and I'm like, he's Mexican. <laughs> Mexican dudes are coming to fight. Like, you, you're going to have to kill him to get him out the ring. And... In my mind, like someone's like, "Who's gonna win?" I'm like, "I don't know. I kind of like the Mexican dude." They're like, "Oh, he looks like shit." I'm like, "Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I still like the Mexican dude." <laughs> the, uh, last, the last box I saw with abs got his ass whipped. So let me let me see how this goes. And and it's almost like another another sport is broken. Like you look at the NFL now, and back when you used to have these big fat linemen, now the linemen look like underwear models. Like like you know they got waistlines and. The fit, like it's it's a whole different thing now. It's all athleticism. It's it's changing the, the mold of what uh, an athlete looks like. And, and in boxing, maybe it's not the six pack. Maybe it's not, you know, maybe you do. I mean, you're not supposed to have big arms as a boxer, right? But you see all these dudes coming out with like these big guns and everything come to the ring. I mean, it, it you do most of the champions of all time. None of them, you know, even Ali, he wasn't built superhero. Like, he was long and lean. Like that's so maybe it's maybe it's the the fact that we are our, our mindset of what's capable is conditioned to believe that the dude has to look like he man when in real yeah, life that, yeah. the other guy's training for real. Well, <laughs> yo, this that's, training that's, for that's, that's like when we talk about how NFL players now are getting way more torn ACLs, way more this because they're just building up to run that forty. In actuality, you're lacking flexibility in yeah. the muscles that you need to be to to to. to, to, to Sustain better longevity. When you tell somebody Jerry Rice yeah. ran a four nine, but people consider him the best receiver ever. Okay, like what was it? Obviously, it was the longevity. It was the ability to stay in shape and be flexible and never be hurt. So that's what it comes down mm-hmm. to at the end of the day. But but they're showing you, you need to be fast to get into the NFL, and that's what you're kind of being accustomed to now. And that's better for them because there's always going to be another strong super guy that's going to come in and they can just wash you out in three years now before you get an opinion that poisons everybody else's opinion. Um, just to get back on the topic of, of 
Facebook, in my opinion of it being a monopoly, um, for people that don't know in the comments, Facebook owns WhatsApp and they own Instagram. So my fear is that they'll take this initiative and start putting it on their chat, like their private chat. I don't know. I imagine it's only a matter of time before they get into the, like, oh, yeah, in your private message, we don't like what you said. So with that being said, the current way that Facebook and Instagram are set up and the shit that they're shutting down, and the, if you remember the beginning of the question before Ralph went down the fucking rabbit hole, is about Dave Chappelle. Now, this shit, Dave Chappelle, the closer that just came out, is obviously got people up in arms and being offended. I was actually at the live show before this show in Fort Lauderdale. When I walked out to go to the bathroom, the lady was like, there's fucking people walking out the show because they're offended. So you have to understand that if, and I said this on a previous show, if Netflix didn't exist, Dave Chappelle would not exist right now. Because if Dave Chappelle released that shit on Facebook right now, it would not be fucking allowed. So the thought process and whatever you're thinking right now and, and whatever your opinion is of the closer, if Dave Chappelle tried to put that closer out on, on Facebook or on Instagram, he would be banned in fucking for a goddamn a year. Every single time it would go, it would get pulled down. So I guess that's a good segue into what your opinion is of the closer, the last uh, stand-up that Dave Chappelle put out, and who it offended, if it offended people, and, and why it could have offended some people. I mean, I don't get to pick what offends people, right? Neither do you, neither does anybody else. But Dave knew what he was doing. In the beginning, he comes out and he says, I'm taking a break after this. He knew what was up. Um, and I didn't really know what to expect on that, but I, I kind of get what he was going at. He knew he had some stuff to say, and he knew that it was going to have a ton of backlash, and he did it anyway. And he said it during the, during the stand-up that, you know, so it has to be said. And, and he, I think what he did is he took a stand for all the other comedians out there that are getting canceled over stuff. Stuff that was funny last year, the year before, but it's not funny anymore because we decided it's no longer funny. It's now offensive. Now, again, I don't get to pick who gets offended from whatever. I, I don't get to choose that, which is the same reason why I don't fight when I hear someone say something racist. If someone says something racist to me, not knowing my cultural background, I don't automatically punch them in the throat. I want to sometimes, but I don't because they're ignorant and that's their, that, like I said, freedom of speech. Now, if I get offended by it, if they say something around my daughter that offends her, you're gonna catch a whipping, right? But but other than that, I'm a grown man. I have broad shoulders. I'm a whatever man, right? That's your opinion. You're dumb. It doesn't even matter. In in my opinion, as a straight male uh, that identifies as a male, it's it's not gonna come close to the opinion of someone from any of the other groups. So I am very compassionate. I'm very empathetic. I I don't like hurting anyone's feelings, and I don't like seeing people with their feelings hurt. At a point, though, there has to be some reality to it, right? It's just, And I'm not talking my reality. I'm talking universal reality, which is the same reason we're having all these problems now is because people lost universal reality. There used to be some truths that we all agreed to. Those are no longer the same truths, though. And, the, and there's no adjustment period. It's like today and tomorrow. So, well, today, yeah, everything's fine, but tomorrow... Uh, this is going to be 180 degrees different. And you're gonna just going to have to deal with that. So there's got to be an adjustment period for this. I always tell people, like, oh, slavery ended 200 years ago. I'm like, all right, so what happened after slavery? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, was it just like, hey, all right, you're equal now? No. There were years and years and years and years of all the bad shit, right? And we're still having some stuff happen today. So it's not like 
you know, just because everyone said, yeah, you know, transgender is a thing now, everyone's going to accept it. That doesn't mean mentally people are ready to accept it. It's, there is going to be a, a period of time where you're going to have to have an adjustment period. I'm not saying that these people should be violated in any way, targeted, any of that stuff. What I'm saying is there just has to be some realistic tolerance as to where things are. Like changing so rapidly is going to cause a ripple effect of, of regret and hatred. You're going to see some people resent the fact that they have to now change their opinion 180 degrees and there's going to be no education on it and it's just going to go badly. If you want it to work, there's got to be a transition. You got to, you got to kind of, I'm not saying be tolerant of hate because that's not it. But what I'm saying is someone might accidentally call a transgender person, sir, if they look like, if they're identifying as a female, but they look more like a man and, and that's, you got to look in the mirror sometimes and say, okay, maybe I, I do look like a guy still. You know, like it, there's just, his points in that were don't lose track of the fact that the stuff that happened to black people happened to black people just simply because they were black. And, and, and you know, he talked about, high, you know, seeing a, a movement hijacked. And there's a lot of that there. Like, I remember during the uh, Black Lives Matter stuff, within minutes it became, like, all types of lives matter. You know, and, and I'm like, all right. So it, it's... When you start off with a protest and you make it a blanket protest for everything, it kind of minimizes the original topic, right? And yes, you want the power in, in, the, in the masses and you want everybody on the same page, but at the same time, you still want to emphasize the original topic and point of why, why you're on that protest. Mm -hmm. So regardless of how anybody feels about the protest, they started off as one thing and became something completely different. And, and in certain cities like Portland, like LA, that was way overemphasized. And then you know, you do have a, a a bunch of people that are out there just trying to create havoc anyway. So they're going to pit the groups against each other, and you're always going to see like agitators of protests try to try to divide and, and all that stuff. And I think what what really needs to happen now is we just need to have a common sense approach to everything. The things Dave said, you know, I can see how they'd be offensive to some people that are like hardline, but he was pretty. He explained in detail why he was saying it, what he was saying. He didn't mix words. He he was very direct at what he said, and he didn't say anything hateful. Now I saw uh, one person make you know make a big deal out of the fact that he said you know frumpy d word, yeah. right? <laughs> and uh, and and it was the audience laughed, everybody laughed. They knew he was saying it as a joke. It, 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 what I what I always ask is, do you really believe Dave Chappelle? Has anything against transgender people? So, yeah, so this is a crazy story. And I'm going <clears> to <throat> tie it all together. I had somebody that I was working with. Well, he, I wasn't working with him. He was working for a different company. And, he, and I was talking to him about Colin Kaepernick. And he said, yeah, but I mean, he's a bad quarterback, right? And I said, "What? who said that? And I, he's like, I don't really watch football, but that's, that's what I heard. And I said, all right, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you two videos. And you can come back next week. And if, when I see you next week, after you watch those two videos, if you have the same opinion of him being a bad quarterback and, and, you know, being a guy who's all about the limelight and all that shit, that is fine. But I will not let you fucking sit here and make an opinion being uninformed. So he came back and he was like, damn, he's pretty, he's a good guy. I didn't know him, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, this is exactly what I said back to him. After that statement, which is even more funny, I said, yeah, I knew when you said that your father was racist. And he was like, yeah, I tried to tell him about it and blah, 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 blah. It's a conversation. I'm like, yeah, so now you have the information. Here's the problem. 
You have to make a decision on whether you want to address your friends with it and lose them or not. So being informed to have an opinion is the same thing I have when it comes to this case. If you're going to be offended, be informed, be informed before you are offended. And even in the stand-up, Dave Chappelle refers to people still referring to something from 2009 where he may have been ignorant yep. on the fact, but as to now, has learned and changed, but you're not allowing him to change as a fucking human. But I'm allowing you to change. It's the same thing. I said the same exact thing that he said when Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner won Man of the Year. I don't hate the person. I don't hate the situation at all. But for you to not understand why a woman should hate that, or be angry with that, not hate, but be disappointed. Right, you want woman of the year. That, right. that you yeah. are winning woman of the year. Your first year as a woman to me is is absolutely insane. And, and, and like what he said scientifically on it is that, but you can see my screen, right? Like the, yeah. I'll put a picture up right now because I saw Rogan post this the other day and I was like, yo, that's crazy. I got to check it out myself. And um, <clears throat> I had to see if it was real. And this, can you see it? Uh, it's kind of cropped. Let me bring it in. I gotta bring it in now. It says, is the question is, is it possible for a man to become pregnant? And the immediate answer is yes, it is possible. And then after the sentence says, in order to explain, we'll need to break down some common misconceptions right. about right. how we understand the term man. So that's where it's like, what are we referring to now? Is this are we going by science anymore? And then the people that wholeheartedly on the other end of it believe that, you know, we should um just embrace everything. Does that mean, like, I know you heard the story about the MMA fighter that almost broke a girl's face open. So are we just supposed to let that happen too? We don't have to no. hate anybody. That's no. why the, one of the biggest no. moments in the stand-up is when... He says that his friend at the time said, you don't have to understand me. You just have to understand that I'm having a human moment. And that's some real ass shit that people don't get. Just be human. Just be human. And on the other side, the people like me and people like Ralph will fight the fight for you on a logical fighting front. But I'm also not going to let you beat the shit out of my wife. No. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, reasonable and limits. You just, this is too far. I mean, if... The last thing I'd ever do, like if I walked down the street tomorrow and there were four dudes harassing a transsexual woman, I would stick up for that person. Correct. 100%. No matter what, right? And that's me. What I won't do, though, is say that that person, it's okay for them to go ahead and wrestle girls in high school. Yeah. And I won't do so Because it's not fair. And I don't even know what the... The answer for that is, is maybe like, because like you have to understand that even in the Olympics, a woman with too much testosterone cannot compete versus women anymore. They right. test you for that because they used to take steroids. Of course, we all say it's Russians, but in actuality, it's everybody. We know that <laughs> they all do it. Yeah, no, and and the, the problem is, is again, we, we just it's, it happened too fast. It's one of those things where you're just like, yeah, all right, whatever, it's legal now. No, it's not. We need to do research on this. We need to make sure that it's safe. It's not. It's not okay because you do have. There's a reason the sports are divided in the first place. If we're if we're looking into that reason, it's because of different physical abilities and structures and strength limits. And, and that's if we're now saying that this person has those same strength limits as a man and has that same structure and has that amount of testosterone, but let's let them compete anyway because they identify as a female. It's not fair. It's the same reason 
it's not fair in the first place. So you can't then just change the rules because you're afraid to offend people and then let people get hurt. It's not, it's not okay. Yeah. So, I mean, what I, basically what I took from it is what I took from the movie Joker. I don't know if you've seen that yet, but it's a perspective to where people leave the movie theater and they're like, Oh, the Joker. I see what it is now. It's like how people become school shooters. And I'm like, no, it's you. The Joker is you. You're not understanding that because you're not going through the same amount of pain and the same amount of stuff at the same time that happens in such an order that it might make you lose your mind if you can empathize with the situation. It's not just a, a fucking school shooter. It's a regular human being. That's why he's able to kind of get the attention of so many other people because that is what is at the time. So when Dave Chappelle delivers all these things the way he delivers it, it's to say, stop looking at me. I'm not the one who killed my friend and made her kill herself. It could have been you who attacked her on Twitter when I was there supporting her as a fucking person and as a human. You were there destroying her because she had a difference of opinion. And a difference of opinion, just like those 7 million people, 7 million more people that watched Lost, you have 7 million people at your throat and 4 million people defending you. You might feel a little overwhelmed. You might feel like hate is overcoming a, a genuine kind-hearted person like I felt all 2020 you feel like you're o overwhelmed by bad people even though you're trying to still put bright spots in the world and that even goes back to the, the whole Facebook shit why are you here I'll fucking delete you out of my life right now and I don't ever have to deal with you again but if people make money like that if people have to be there constantly people have to see these comments and like you said there's people out there these trolls that are literally causing havoc for no apparent reason and not understanding how people feel. And to be honest, going back to that comment on Facebook, I didn't feel good that day. I feel like shit, I haven't worked out in a week. I don't feel good. I'm working my ass off and I'm being successful, but just in that spot will make me feel like, you know what, now I feel worse. And I don't even know why I feel worse because this person doesn't even deserve the fucking right to treat you worse. Simple as that. Right. No, it's, it's that it's that ounce of, of negative that can ruin you know gallons of positive. So the the crazy thing is the wolf pack thing on, on social media where you see like one person say something and then like a million people say it, like, Oh yeah, yeah, fuck that guy or whatever. Like it it just becomes this wolf pack. And it's so unrealistic because you do have that in real life, like in the hood. Like if you go my favorite shit now is the UK. Uh they're going through all the shit we went through in the 80s. And, like, they've always had problems. But now they're actually finding guns, Brownings, and the AKs and stuff. So the, the gang stuff over there is crazy. And I know Drake uh, produced Top Boy, and it became popular here in the U.S. And, and people saw what it was like a little bit. But they basically have projects. They basically have gangs in the projects. They're selling dope. They're, they're all the same stuff we're going through in the 70s and 80s they're going through now. Uh, they have drill music like Chicago. So it's, like, got that, too. And uh, it's just wild over there. And of course, for for years they couldn't get guns. So it was all stabbings. Like the average kid on the street got stabbed six times. Was the was the number right? And and now they're getting like it's illegal to own a knife to carry a knife in 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 the UK. Well, in in England, and you see them ordering knives off a of wish. I watched this the other day. This dude was like, "Yeah, I ordered this off wish." And it was like this crazy like knife you used to kill Godzilla with, you know? Like and and like that's a big deal there. Like that's what. The, if someone had a semi-automatic pistol in the 80s, that was like, oh, shit, you got a semi-auto. You know, everybody had revolvers. So um, 
it's 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 crazy watching that but you watch these wolf packs of kids like you'll be walking down the street and all of a sudden there'll be 50 kids with knives and you can be the baddest dude in the world there's 50 kids with knives at 15 16 years old they're gonna stab you to death so they people like that and people just give them their money like i watched this dude in the video just go in this dude's pockets dude doesn't say anything to him and he had other people around him it was just the most helpless looking guy and you could tell this dude in real life could probably handle himself but he was just in the wolf pack and it's like that's social media right now you get these dudes and you get like one comment and all of a sudden you see forty thousand people saying the same dumb shit and you're like yo this is crazy someone said it the other day if you want people to stop saying commit suicide, stop being an asshole or something like that. You yeah, no, Chris Ash, I share it from it's the truth. Right, and it's true that we're just, we're just at a, a weird time where it's, like, somewhat cool to be a dickhead and, and, like, no one's checking you because you're on social media, and that's my biggest frustration because in real life, that has consequences, and social media doesn't. Now, you get some crazy person like me that'll look you up, find out where you live, and beat you up and come out of your house. But it's not common for people to go to that length. Now, I think that needs to start happening, though. My opinion, this stops when you get a group of people together and they're like, you know what? Oh, yeah, self-accountability. Self, self there's no people getting killed on live TV. The self-accountability aspect of it is something that you can definitely hide behind for a long time. I don't know what you think about the audio guy, man. Yeah, you hear me? Plug or something? Yeah, a little, a little better. Yeah, Hold on. yeah that's good. All right. That's no, good. All right. Now it's good. I'm not a professional. Right. I yeah. just step on shit all the time, man. If I, you can see this fucking office right now, it's fucking filled with like a hundred of these fucking jerseys that my asshole partner decided to make and have me ship to everybody. But y'all have them for the game. Y'all have them for the game <laughs> Friday. Don't you worry. Fire. <laughs> Fire. Um, I mean, going forward... We got two more bullet points on the night. The next one being John Gruden. Um, to be honest with me, there's a certain level of racism and just actual facts. I don't know the case. So I don't know who he's talking about. But not referring to John Gruden and referring to all my white people. If you say a joke about some dude and he has fucking big lips and the black dude and he has big lips, it's just the truth that I'm going to laugh at it. It's fucking funny. So you don't have to walk on eggshells about that shit around me because, like, racism to me is, like, real fucking racism. Like, you're impacting my life. You're not supporting everything that I am. It's not like when a black person gets mad at a white dude for saying bro because the dude wants to genuinely get along with him. And you're like, don't call me fucking bro. Like, nah, I'm not like that. I, You're going to have to impact my life for it to be a problem. And with that being said, as soon as you do, I'm going to fucking tell you on your first half step, don't fucking do that. Don't step there, because I don't play that shit, and I'll blow you up right the fuck now about it. But that slapstick shit where it's like, the actual truth, I don't care. Like, that's what is, what is he supposed to say? It's like when people get mad that somebody goes, oh, the table over there is the black people, and they're like servers. And people are like, oh, we're the black people. Uh, okay, motherfucker. If black people, if you're a black person, and you're the waiter... And it's a fucking restaurant full of white people and goddamn white people and there's some black people in the corner. How are you going to explain them? The motherfucker with the checkered old Navy shirt? No, you're not. So stop lying to yourself. Because at the end of the day, you're still only 6% of the United States or 15. So you're still, it's easier to say that as it is. Okay, the people over there, 
the 15% of what's in this bar. If you walk in the bar with a fucking red hat on, I'd be like, the guy with the red hat. So if we had something against red hats, oh, why you guys say I got a red hat? That's what it sounds like. It's If it's easier, it's going to be faster. Therefore, if it's faster and you're in a job where speed is imperative, don't fucking complain that your food's like that. If I'm telling them to look for the motherfucker with the goddamn Old Navy shirt. Because Old Navy sells more of that shirt than there's black people in the United States. What's your opinion on John Gruden? I thought when I first moved down here, I met him, right? Because he lived, he lived right across the water from me. Him and Allstott, right? And uh, I like, like knew him, like at the club, like saw him a couple of times at the yacht club. Like cool dude, hilarious, like goofy. Um, the problem is this: it's it's the audience as well. Like he sent that email to another person who suspected racist, and that's a problem because would you then curb your speech? If you were talking to a different person, but you use that same, no, you wouldn't. So it's it's almost like with a smoke that's fire. I'm not saying he's racist. I don't believe that at all. But what I'm saying is his choice of wording is going to put him in the crosshairs, no doubt. Now, that meme I just sent you before this started. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you put that up? Let's use the old internets and uh, see what we can do here. You almost fucked me all up. Fucked my live up and everything. Because my dumb ass was going to enter the same shit on my old Facebook. The same Facebook link that the live's on. And boom! Everything's gone. But I'm thinking. So hold on one second. <laughs> oh. Canceled, man. <laughs> <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't share this video anymore, anybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, and plus, because I use Boosie, it makes it even fucking worse. So, right. obviously, Boosie is the new, like, gay hating joke meme, so. Right. right. It says. Gruden called a black dude tire lips and still got the coach this weekend. They found out two hours ago. He said, faggot. Yes, faggot. <laughs> and he got fired immediately. Dave Chappelle was right again. Which, once again, Dave Chappelle did not say that. He just insinuated. No, no, but what he said was that people can say what it, basically don't punch down on my people. Like he was, he was just saying that it is. Uh, a lot of times you'll see it piggybacked onto the same message, and it's not. And, and it, it you look, it, it's not like one's bigger than the other one. But at the same time, you can't get your point across if someone's hijacking your, your protest. And, and like that's the the idea that that was taken more seriously than the tire lips thing. First of all, the word itself is is a horrible word. It's inflammatory. Now, I can tell you that I grew up in Boston, and I don't care where anyone else is from, unless you grew up in Boston, you won't know this, but that word is used like the and and. That word is like one of the most. If you grew up poor in Boston, that word is. Like 50 and it's used even more in football. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. In any, any place, there's a bunch of guys around, right? It's going to happen. But in Boston, in the hood, that was a slang that was universally used by white kids and black kids, Puerto Rican kids, everybody, because that was the the common like thing to say to somebody if you were trying to mess with them. And it wasn't even 
an aggressive, like, we got to fight now thing. It was just something you said, you know. There was other things you said, you know, suck my blah, blah, blah. You had to kill each other. Like, it's just a rule. Like, it doesn't even make sense. But if you said it to me, oh, I know I got to kill you because you said that, you know. But that word is commonly said by boys, girls, everybody, because it was just culturally, it was part of the culture growing up in Boston. Now, I've, I've since stopped using it, but I'm not going to lie. When I was a kid, I mean, I, I said it joking around my friend, oh, don't be of that, you know what I mean? And it was a thing. Not until someone told me uh, I, that it was offensive that I, that I ever think it was offensive. So once they told me it was offensive, I'm like, all right, well, I'll stop using it, cool. You know? And it took a lot of training to get out of using it because it was, again, not offensive when I was a kid. And, and even gay people didn't think it was offensive. So um, when that became offensive, there was a transition period where it was like you could still get away with it a little bit. And people were like, oh, no, I understand, but you got to stop saying that. And and it happened. Uh, that's kind of the opposite of the whole transgender thing, though. Like, that's that the thing was like one day it was just like, no, that's never going to be all right again. Don't say it. It's not funny. It's not a joke. Um, like, I mean, I'm at yeah. a point right, I'm at so a point right now where now, obviously Chris Ash was now, on one of my podcasts talking about how discriminated against LGBTQ was. And then I'm looking at them all week, literally support the message that Dave Chappelle put out and arguing with people on the case and explaining it even more. So I'm like, I feel like, and I just, this is like, could be a million dollar idea for all I know. Giving y'all fucking a million dollar idea right now. Listen, three viewers that are left. Uh, to have a website that people... Little, because what is the percentage of a person that has to be offended by a certain thing before we go? Yeah, this shit is offensive. I mean, there's people that get offended by fucking anything. So now, you literally say, okay, we identify with you being part of LGBTQ community. Log on to this website and answer this questionnaire of what you think offensive and what you think isn't. Whether it be black, whether it be white, whether it be anything you said, like there will be black people that call people call white people crackers, and I'm like. And white people be like, this motherfucker called me a cracker. I'm like, oh, that sounds offensive to you? I was like, do you know where the fucking word comes from? Yeah, I'm like, it's even worse because it's literally referring to you being a slave master in the crack of the whip. So you're still not being offended. It's, as a matter of fact, he's just referring to you as still being in charge. <laughs> you know that's not what it means? What is, what is your interpretation? Offline, we'll talk about it, but there's a, there's a gun store called Cracker Boys. Go in there, there's a whole history yeah, of Yeah, but I mean, there's a different history of the goddamn Confederate flag, too. Nah, it's, it's, uh, Florida crack is a whole different thing. But I'm talking about the United States. Yeah, no, it got, it got turned into that, but I'm telling you, they, these are the original. They were here first, and when you go look at it, you'll see. And Because that's the thing. I, I walked in the store. I, I drove by the store and said, Cracker Boys. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's racist. But they sold guns, so I still went in. No, but they do that all the so, time. Like, <laughs> they, they refer to themselves as that shit all the time. But that's the thing. Like, Google it right now. No, Cracker they mean, Florida Crack. you know the story. Now you want me to get in trouble. Well, you can put it up. You can put it up on the screen, though. I already got canceled. <laughs> You're saying yes. Google Cracker Boys. No, no. I'm not going to be able to find... It's the, since the huge influx of new residents into Florida in the late 20s, early 21st centuries from the northern parts of the United States, from Mexico, Latin America, the term Florida Cracker is used informally by some Floridians to indicate that their families have lived in the state many generations. Yeah, that's Florida Cracker. That's not a cracker. Like the way that I'm, I, I'm a, I can guarantee you that white people, that black people don't go fucking Florida Cracker. 
No, no, this was something to do with cracked corn to make moonshine. Yeah. It precedes, it precedes <laughs> the crack of that. Because they didn't make moonshine either. Black people did. Are you kidding me? <laughs> ask, you got a million Florida cracker friends. Like, ask one of them. Like, yo, what's that mean? I'll tell you, I'll tell you Charlie right You're now. Proud. I'll come to this motherfucker and explain the whole thing. <laughs> tell him, get off his ass. He's the most Florida cracker there is. <laughs> With the Trump flag back. All right, last, first, last, last of the night, and I want your opinion on it because I don't even have an opinion on it because I don't give a fuck about the NFL anymore. But in my opinion, a top five quarterback in the NFL, Deshaun Watson, is not even being brought up at all anymore, even though he's still actively in the NFL. So when they put these stats out of who's the best quarterback, they don't even mention this motherfucker, and he's ridiculously good. Correct, he's not but playing. he's still that talented, and they just going to act like he doesn't exist like Colin Kaepernick's records. He did, did it to himself. By what? Say anyone yeah, in did. Dallas? No, the, the, the shit he did. Like, listen, when you're rich, when you're popular, you can't act like he acted. Period. Look at Antonio Brown. He came back from it, but it took him, what, a year off and, and some bullshit to get through it. But you cannot be doing deviant shit like that out loud and putting your trust in people not to say stuff or try to blow your spot up. And, and he did all that wrong. He didn't have good friends. Again, another one. You need people around you. Jameis, when he was here and he was to get the, the Uber driver shit, he did his friends let him get in that Uber with that girl. Fully knowing that he could be a victim of that girl saying whatever she wants at the end of the day. And, you know, I wasn't in the in the Uber, so I don't know what happened, but he denied it. She said it happened. It didn't go very far, but he got in trouble over it and it hurt his career. That is the shit, like you need people around you that you trust, people you grew up with, not new people. And Deshaun didn't have that because they were letting him get these massages from girls off Craigslist and wherever, and he's going to, and now he's in this mess. But that's his own fault. Had he just done his thing, like lived like he's under the spotlight like he is, he wouldn't be in this mess. But that's one of the, they counsel you on this when you're getting the pros. They got a dude that comes to you and he says, listen, this is the stuff you can't do. This is why. And they give you the math. And and he go ahead and said, yeah, it's all right. I'm all right. I'm different. And he but just they also have fucking private investigators that follow you everywhere and watch every move. And you have numbers that you can call to get picked up wherever you're at. So I feel like they bet. So so private investigators thing only happens if you get start getting accused of stuff. It doesn't happen for everybody. They just don't have the time for that. But, but if the what he what he didn't have was people around him protecting him. He and that that might be his fault. He might just be the type of person that rejected that. But generally. The people do the best. The people get shielded from all so that because they come. I feel like he did have that until he said he wanted to leave, and then all of a sudden it comes out. Nah, he did not. This all happened before he wanted to leave. I don't know. Like, no, so the, it, they're saying the stuff happened. Happen. So what I'm saying is that I think he was protected at that point as to where shit was being squashed down if it needed to be squashed down. If it was minor enough, and then when it was like, you know what, I don't want to be in in, in Houston anymore. Shit started to trickle out, just like when uh when when uh obviously if if you if I'm your blanket of protection and I you're you're my personal interest you're no longer my personal interest you're no longer my in my blanket of protection. That's that's real so, life. I mean, that's right business. now, what are we looking yeah. at? Right? It's not like he's out of the NFL. It's not like he's in jail. It's like the motherfucker's sitting there on a team. He can still be playing right now. He's getting paid. That's Rob's opinion. He's getting paid. Everybody. <laughs> real life. That's exactly what's happening. He's getting paid. He ate some shit. In my opinion, he's getting a check. All right. Well, 
But I mean, he he did do it to himself. At a point, you just got to be smart on that, or have people around you that can can help you out, think for you. Because he 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 did everything so he wrong. In jail, I don't know what the fuck he did to himself. Because he hasn't been tried with anything. He didn't Correct. do anything illegal. So what the fuck is going on? But he what he did was going to get him in this place he's in Who now. The fuck else this is in this? Nobody. But no one's done that either. No one's done uh, exactly what he's done. Antonio Brown was always the same girl he worked it out with. This is different. He's got like thirty eight. Chicks. Travis Henry. Travis Henry has 38 kids. Right, but that's... What's his name? Antonio Cromartie. No. It's Cromartie. No, that's what it was. Travis Travis Henry, Antonio Cromartie, and then Philip Rivers with his 16 Mormon kids. I would say Mormon. Maybe. I don't know. But... Cromartie got 19 kids and 32 women. Cromartie got 19 yeah, kids. For real, exactly. <laughs> and fucking Deshaun Watson sitting on the bench right now. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. So I guess his career is going to be over there, man. I don't know. But. Well, no, I mean, like everything else, just wait till next year. It'll go away. A couple of school shootings and a bombing, and then boom. Deshaun Watson's back, everybody. That's how it works. <laughs> right. But, um, much. hey, for anybody that listens to this episode and you're offended, Trust me, you just got offended by the two motherfuckers that care more about you than you even fucking know. We take more care of people. We sit on phones with people for hours, making sure that people get their lives together. It doesn't always work. And guess what? We need to be on the phone too sometimes. We need that shit too sometimes, you know? We hurt just like other people hurt. We get depressed just like other people get depressed. We get out of shape. We feel bad about ourselves. And while we're on this podcast, congratulations to my partner for losing all this goddamn weight. I know I got other fat people that listen to the shit like me. He can give you some pointers. If you want some pointers, hit him up because we're all in this battle. Tony. 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 <laughs> nah, shout out to Brandon Hampton, man. Eat me. <clears throat> steak. Brandon Hampton just made ECFL MVP uh, championship game just on eating steak for 72 straight days. So I can't do you that. You can do it too. I will die. I could not spin if I do that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, man, like I said, yeah. We do care about people. That's why we want to figure all this shit out. We want, we don't want to just make shit up and be mad for no reason and then never look at each other and have these conversations. You're going to have to have these conversations if we're going to move forward. You're going to have to have these conversations if you want to have a better fucking society, especially here in the United States where it's fucking so broken and people are so offended by the dumbest shit ever. Um, sure, you can cut shit out, but look at whatever you need to cut out beforehand and make sure you can do without it. If you can do without it, certainly do it. But if you feel that there's people in your circle that you need there and that you need them to help you succeed, then definitely keep them around and work through those things. Lesson I learned in growing up in Boston. When I grew up in Boston, it was trash all over the streets. Uh, it was filthy. It was. I, I went to, you know, I'd go to see my family down near the Cape and, and it was clean there. And I'd be like, damn, why can't Boston be like this? And I realized that like, all my friends threw shit on the ground. I threw shit on the ground. So I just started walking around picking stuff up. And I'm not saying I made a difference, but I started seeing less and less trash when I started doing it. And I recognized other people doing it. And all of a sudden, everybody started caring about the streets. And it was like, now if you go to Boston, it looks like a museum. It's pretty. Like, everything's clean. Everything's There's no trash. There's no litter. Other cities still have litter. But Boston, actually, we live in St. Pete. I live in St. Pete. There's no, no trash here either. But it's just amazing how just not walking by something and paying attention to it and taking care of it. If you keep doing it over and over again, everybody starts doing it. 
it just fixes the problem. So don't don't let you know, like I scroll by stuff on my timeline. I see someone, you know, it might be a cry for help. It might not be, but I reach out and I'm like, yo, what's up? You good? Yeah, I'm good. All right, you sure? Because that that post like is a little stupid. No, like, no, nah, nah, you know, I'm just going through some shit. All right, what's up? Come talk to me. What's going on? You know, I might have a perspective that can help. I might not. But either way, that someone reached out to him and they have the opportunity, the forum to discussion to discuss it. And uh, I, I generally do it a lot with younger guys too, because I know a lot of younger guys have a lot of doubt, and I see them on social media just crying for help and people laughing and everything else. And I'm like, yo, it's just too much to laugh at. Like, there's something here. Like, this person's hurting. And I'll reach out to him and be like, yo, I know what you're going through. And I, I see how you're reaching out. But you don't, what you don't realize is people are taking this the wrong way. Like, what's really going on? Talk to me about it. Maybe I can offer you a perspective. Maybe I can give you some advice because I'm almost 50 and I've lived through a lot. And some say yes, some say no. But the ones that say yes, I think they're thankful for it because I give them some honesty. And I think that's important. I think a lot of people lie to them. Like, I see a lot of people giving the same advice, like, Keep your head up, boy. You'll be good. You got to, you know, work through this. Whatever. No, that's not it, man. You got to give them some specific answers on what's going on. That's why you need the information. That's why you need to have that conversation. Don't just scroll by. So reach out to people. It's not, it's not, it's not, doesn't take a lot of your time. And even if it does, it's there's, worth it. There's a level of pain that some people might have that might be your Monday. And you have the immediate solution for it. I said to my mother one time when I was a kid, um, what's the point of me cleaning my room? It's just going to get dirty again. And her response to that was, if everybody took that response to the way that the world is, then we'd all be living in fucking shitty filth all the time because nobody would take the initiative to do anything or change anything. And I remember it to this day, so it had to be worth something. <laughs> no, sure. Just like, that's why you gave Boston clean. Thanks to Ralph for clean Boston. <laughs> Yo, the jersey again, speaking of Boston. Oh, Show that jersey. Man. Oh, hold on. God damn it. Anybody Where we at? Bill Russell. Bill Russell. Y'all, I know y'all don't know who he is because he didn't get a statue until Cedric Maxwell said something. So it was important, more important for uh, <laughs> fucking Larry Bird to get one before Bill Russell. But thanks to everybody for tuning in. Like I said, uh, subscribe. Spotify, YouTube. Watch the video on YouTube. Watch it here. Follow the page, The Imperfect Podcast. Thank you, Ralph, once again. He'll be back because we like to do this shit and just talk about nothing. <laughs> Have a good well, day. Love. Oh, shit. We out. Have a good night, sir.